Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast, and this is going to be great today because it's Easter Sunday, and you know, we're going to talk about the for us of resurrection, the for us of resurrection. If God be for us, who can be against us? We're looking at Romans 8. You know, if he is raised, you are justified. Was he raised? Yes. Are you justified? Yes. Come on. Let's get into this word about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Do you know my Jesus? You know my Jesus. You know what he's done for me? Boy, what he done for me? What he done for me? When I think about it, I think about what he done for me. Wow. It makes me dance, 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 dance all night. Oh, when I think about his goodness, what he done for me when I think about his goodness and how he set me free, I'm going to shout, 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 shout all night. Hey, hey, hey. Man, I tell you, I got glory all over me. I don't know about you. Hey, anybody else got some glory all over you? Nah. In Ephesians 3.19, it says, I don't want you just to, just to have a, a mental understanding of God. It says, I want you to have an experience that's personal and that is experiential. Something that'll touch you through and through body, soul, and spirit. Something that you'll know that you know that you know. He touched me. Hallelujah. Anybody been touched by Jesus? Man, don't, don't tell me to be quiet, boy. He told Jesus, tell your disciples to settle down. Hey, tell them to be quiet over there. Because when he was coming into the temple, they all started to shout. He says, man, last time something like this happened, the Romans came, we all got in trouble. Jesus said, I'm not telling them to be quiet. If they don't cry out, even the rocks will cry out in their place. (laughs) Ain't going to be no rock take my place. Hallelujah. Mm. I got to I got to go down to Barbados. I'm the pastor of a church down there. When I get down there, I, I get my island stuff on, you know, so it's good. So I'm just getting ready ahead of time. Glory to God. Can I hear a glory to God? Amen. Amen. Put in my password, open up my computer again. Well, we've been on a series called Scandalous and we're going to finish that up this week. But you know, it's it's scandalous when you think about it that the Almighty God, the one who has need of nothing, the one who speaks and things just come into manifestation, that very one who created everything is nuts about me. And that God, when when brokenness entered into my world, he made it his personal promise and agenda and purpose to restore me, not just back to where things were in the garden, but to take me where man had never gone, to take me into a relationship with him, into the family of God, because God cut a deal with God and included me in the small print, and he said, Carl, just believe that what I did with my son includes you in every single blessing, and I am forever transformed, forever blessed, forever a part of his kingdom. And isn't that wonderful news? Man, I tell you, that's just scandalous, scandalous stuff. So we're talking about how scandalous it is that, oh my God, would die for me. I want to tell you a true story. I want to tell you a true story. It was about a guy who had a, a Lincoln Navigator SUV, and uh, this was actually recorded by his tax accountant because he was having some tax issues but he he decided on a little business trip to take a few of his friends ice fishing and the ice was really thick he pulled out on the ice and said man this ice is thick and uh, he said I happen to have some dynamite with me it's a true story 
I happen to have some dynamite with me. I tell you what, I'm going to throw some dynamite out there in the ice. Let's blow a hole in the ice, and, you know, this cutting's going to be hard. So sure enough, he took a stick of dynamite, threw it up. Let's see what that will do. And the thing is, is he had his dog with him. And when he threw the stick out there, his dog thought, we're going to play catch. So the dog ran out, and before it had time to the fuse to blow, the dog had it in his mouth, and he's running back at them. And they all scattered. And the, the master was like, what's going on? He's yelling at the dog. And then the dog got confused and said, why is he mad at me? And the dog put his tail between his legs and went underneath the SUV. Now, fortunately, the SUV, because they'd driven a long way, the exhaust pipe was really hot, so the dog got burnt by the exhaust pipe, dropped the dynamite, and ran out. See, that's good news. <laughs> Amen. I didn't want, didn't want it to be a tragic story with the dog dying, especially all you dog lovers here today. <laughs> but sure enough, the stick of dynamite went off, and he had a lump of metal out there on the ice. So he called his insurance company and he said, we're not going to touch that. So he went to his tax accountant and he said to his tax accountant, look, man, this was a, this was a business trip and my car blew up. Can I, can I maybe write it off that way? And so his tax accountant was trying to figure out how he can write off his SUV based on what happened there. How many believe that story? <laughs> Apparently it's a true story, but I got one even crazier for you. There was a guy born in Nazareth, his name was Jesus, born to a, a teenager named Mary. And Mary said that she was pregnant by God, like God had impregnated her with her son. And she gave birth to the Son of God. He lived, he was a carpenter, and he lived, and at 30 years of age, he began his ministry, and he ministered for three and a half years and declared who he was, manifest to everyone. He was indeed the Son of God. But then in the end, they didn't like him. They wanted a different king, so they took him, and they nailed him to the cross. They crucified him, and the Romans did it good. Uh, he died, and his blood was shed and poured out. But here's the good news. After three days, the stone was rolled away, and he rose from the dead. And he appeared to all of them, and he shared with them, and he taught them about the kingdom. And 40 days later, there was over 600 people saw it, but on a mountain, he gave them a commission to go teach about his resurrection to all the earth, witness of his kindness and his love, and he ascended into heaven, and right now he's at the right hand of the Father. That's a true story. And that's why we're here today. And it's scandalous, but nonetheless, it's true. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 and 19 says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. But thank God he's raised. Thank God he's risen. It says, We are of all people to be most pitied than anyone in the world if Jesus is not risen. I was having a conversation with my mom one time. She's not here to defend herself. She's listening up in heaven, though. I love you, Mom. But Mom said, you know, I like Christianity. You know, even if Jesus wasn't risen, I think it's a good way to live. And I said, Mom, praise Jesus. And Jesus didn't give us a way to live. He gave us life itself. And I said, you know that. She says, I know that. I taught you that. I said, Mom, if it's just a good way to live, I'm going golfing. I tell you, because there's got to be more to it than that. There is more to it than that. And I'm here today for one reason, because I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ is alive and well. He's seated on the throne in heaven, but you know what else? He's seated in my heart. He's with me right now. He has made me his permanent dwelling place forever. And you know, if Christ isn't risen, everything we're doing is absurd. 
But thank God Jesus is alive today. A man came and he was very God and he did lay down his life. I died with him, I was buried with him and I am raised with him forever and I'm living and walking in the very life of God himself. Acts 4.33 says, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. The resurrection was a big theme. Even the apostle Paul and first Corinthians 15, he said of first importance, he talked about first importance, and he said it was the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is a very important theme. That's why we practice Easter, but it's a powerful, powerful truth, and it's something that the early church made much of. He is the risen Lord, and great grace was upon them all. Romans 4.25 says, And he was delivered over to death for our sins, and he was raised to life for our justification. He was delivered over to death for our sins. He was raised to life for our justification. He is risen. I am righteous. He is risen. I am righteous. He is risen. I am righteous. Let me, let me read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says, Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of sins. Was he crucified? Did he pour out his blood? Was all of sin, past, present, and future taken in his body? And the perfect blood of God covered that sin once and for all, forever. Did, are your sins forgiven today? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look what it says. And he was raised back to life to prove that he made us right with God. See, if he just told us about that and just died for us, I mean, if he died and his, his blood was shed, doesn't mean a thing. But the fact that he's risen proves, proves you have been made right with God. Isn't that great? Is he risen? Are you perfect? Is he risen? Are you holy? Is he risen? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Yes, sirree. Hallelujah. That's what we celebrate today, that he is our risen Savior. Romans chapter 6, verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. How many got set free from sin? You got set free from sin, past, present, and future. You got set free from sin, even the one you're going to commit this afternoon. You're free from that as well. But you know what? You've been set free so that you now can be reoriented. You can now be recreated in the very image of God. And now you had a condition. We talked about it on Good Friday. You had a condition that led to behaviors. But you have a new condition that leads to new behaviors. You had a condition that led to conduct. But now you have a condition that leads to new conduct. Conduct. See, if you had diabetes, you would put insulin in you in one way or another to, to help you because of your condition. You would behave a certain way because of your condition. And you see, people sin because there was a condition. Sinners sin. And every one of us were identified with Adam, broken and messed up. But every one of us have now been identified with Jesus. And I love what it says, much more, much more. He has cleansed us and much more he has delivered us and made us righteous. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And now it is so powerful. I mean, a powerful phrase, slaves to righteousness. I am literally locked down. I cannot help myself. Every day I am coming up with new ideas to manifest the goodness of God, the kingdom of God, and his reign and rule in my life. Can I get an amen? Is he risen? Are you righteous? Absolutely. 
Romans 3, 23 and 24. We, we read 23 a lot. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Comma. It's not the end of the thought. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Yes, all experienced the brokenness that Adam put onto all mankind, but there was always a plan before the foundation of the world that God himself through his son would cause us to be righteous, justified freely by his grace. How many people like free stuff? The only problem with free stuff is you go, man, I don't know that I deserve this. Well, you don't. You don't, but man, lucky beggar, God wants to pour it all over you, lavish you with his kindness and his grace and his favor. Romans 5, 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, much more. Can you say much more? Through the one man's offense, death reigned, through the, through the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace, they receive it's not about achieving, it's just about receiving. I want to offer you righteousness. I want to offer you holiness. I want to offer you open access to every blessing. I want you to be a child of God. I want you to not live out of your ability, but I want you to live out of my ability. I don't want you to live out of your resources, but I want you to live out of the fullness of my glory every day. That's a fair trade. <laughs> it's really not, but I'll take it. It's so awesome. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in the sweet by and by. No, you get to reign right now. You will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. He didn't just die for you and he wasn't just risen for you, but he is alive for you right now. Amen. Settle down. Settle down. Amen. Settle down. All right. I want to talk to you about the, the for us of resurrection. The for us of resurrection. If you say that quickly, the for us, the for us, the for us, the force, the force of resurrection. There is a for us of resurrection. And I pray today, may the force be with you. There is a forest of resurrection. Romans 8, bringing out the big guns today, one of the most wonderful, powerful passages of Scripture ever, right here, Romans chapter 8. I love Romans chapter 8. It starts with this. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? Amen. Never, ever let condemnation get on you because in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Romans 8, 31 to 39. We're going to read that. You ready? What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Now, Paul wrote these. The first eight chapters are so amazing. He talks about it. And many of the quotes I just read from you were from Romans. And, and they all talk about how beautiful it is that God Almighty would so completely deliver us, so completely set us free, so completely manifest and pour and lavish us with his grace. Grace. I mean, this is some really, 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 really good news. So what shall we say to all this ridiculously good news? What are we going to say about all that God has done on our behalf? What are we going to say? He says, what are we going to say about such wonderful things as these? If, and that if, there's five ifs in the Greek, and this if does not mean it's conditional. It should be translated as later it is in the passage. It's translated as since. So it's not if God is for you, but it's a rhetorical question. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Say for us. God is for us. Since God is for us, who, who, who let the dogs out? Since, who 
can be against us? Who can be against us? Verse 32, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us. Say for us. Who gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? I mean, if he gave his own son for us, won't he also give us everything else? How many need some of that everything? How many need something? How many say, Jesus, that was awesome, and it really is awesome, but I got some other needs over here. Isn't this great? Listen, since he did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Settle down, please. Settle down. It's a rhetorical question. So it makes a statement rather than trying to elicit information. So he's arguing from the greater to the lesser. Let me give an example, and this is free for all you husbands out there. If your wife comes home and for whatever reason she's decided to go school bus yellow with her hairdo, and she says, what do you think? There's some questions you just don't answer. Yeah. Mm. That was free. Okay. Sometimes you just kind of nod and smile. All right, okay. If it hasn't happened yet, it will. Okay, so. But he's arguing from the greater to the lesser. It's a rhetorical question. Let me give you this little picture here. So if I gave you a house, brand new house, and I gave you a house, listen, is it too much? Is it too much to expect that I might have also provided toilet paper? Is that too much? Like you go rent a hotel room, when you get into the hotel room, is it too much to expect that there's going to be towels and toilet paper? Now, a few years ago, toilet paper was a big deal. People were concerned about toilet paper. Not me. And you know why I wasn't concerned? Because Daryl showed up with his truck and gave us so much toilet paper that Kelly's still using it today. So thank God for Daryl. Thank God for Daryl. Come on, give it up for Daryl. But listen, it's, it's from the, the greater to the lesser. I mean, he who gave his own son for you, listen, what is this? How much along with him will he not give you all other things? Anybody need some other things? Anybody need some other things? Anybody right now going, I need some things. I can't even listen to you today because I need some things. I got some things on my mind right now that I need to happen in my life. And thanks for Jesus, but right now, I need some things. Well, here's the good news. If he gave his son for you, how much more along with him? How much more along with him will he not give you every other thing? How many wish that was true? It is true. It's absolutely true. Just walk in it. Just believe it. Just confess it. Agree with it. Let me give you another analogy because you might not get it. You might not have got it yet. All right, now, if somebody gave me season tickets to the Maple Leafs, Foul spirit of Montreal Canadiens, come out, come out of them right now. Man, I wouldn't say anything, but you Montreal Canadian fans, I mean, last night, were you hurting or what? I mean, thank God I'm not the kind of guy who gloats at times like that, but... Don't worry about it, don't worry about it, it's getting closer to summer. And as we approach summer, what happens? The Leafs are out. 
So just watch the trees. It happens. But if somebody gave me season tickets to the Leafs, is it too much to expect that while I'm there and I'm enjoying it? I went to a Leafs game and I went to the CIBC private suite. And when I was there, see, if you watch the Leafs game, you wonder why all those people after the period begins, none of them were in their seats. You know why? Because they're all down in the suites. Because you know what's down in those suites? Suites. There's like food. There's like unbelievable stuff. I'm down there eating. Oh, the game started. I'm like, I'm like, it's so good. Listen, is it too much to expect that if you got season tickets to the Montreal Canadiens? Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Is it too much to expect that you might get a hot dog along with that? Come on. I'm arguing from the greater the lesser he gave his own son for you how much more along with him will he not give you all other things see it's it's so true i'm telling you you know it's it's not just well thank you jesus i get to go to heaven that's enough for me i'm just gonna humbly suffer through life and you know i'm just gonna Oh, he wants you. He did all of that so that how much more? Does he not want to whack you with his blessings and his goodness and his glory? Easter's more than just you get to go to heaven. Easter is heaven came to you and it's transforming your life right now and the glory of God is making a big, big difference. Amen? I don't have to be sick no more. I don't have to be poor no more. I don't have to have any difficulties going on in my world that I don't take authority over say that's enough. What do you mean, no difficulties? No, I got difficulties, I got problems, but you know what, when they come, I say, that's enough. Because I'm gonna reign in life. I'm not gonna endure this mess. I'm gonna triumph over it all. Oh, come on, pastor, I'm not finished. I'm not finished, I'm not finished. Verse 33, who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. Who dares accuse us who God has chosen for his own? No one. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. God himself has given us right standing with himself. Verse 34, who then will condemn us? No one. Say no one. No, no I mean, say it like you mean it. No yeah, no one, for Christ died for us, for us for us the forest of resurrection for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at god's right hand pleading for us i mean god's at work right now to bring every single wonderful benefit of your inheritance into manifestation right now you don't get it all in the sweet by and by it's not held for you until you die god wants you to walk he wants you to be a living breathing walking sign and a wonder so that every person you run into goes what is your secret what is the forest of your life what is the force that's with you i am walking today in the resurrection power of jesus christ and God is for us, not just to give himself for us, but to cause us to reign and rule over every circumstance in life. He is there pleading for us. So verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Can it? Can anything separate you from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? <laughs> Where you been lately? It's been hard down here. How many have ever had a hard time? I got both hands up. 
I don't know, I tell you, in this life, don't be surprised, you're going to go through stuff. But here's the key word in that, you're going to go through stuff. You're going to go through it. Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Verse 36 and 37, as the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No! No! Despite or in, in. This is the New Living Translation that King James says, in all these things. How many are in any of those places right now? A little difficulty, a little hardship, a little bit of a trial. In all these things. It says if you're in all these things, despite in all these things, we are overwhelming victory is ours. In all these things, it doesn't say, it doesn't say apart from it. It doesn't say, you know, outside of it. It doesn't say when you get through it, but it says in it. How many are in it right now? It says, in all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. Because he lives. Got to go back there, do I? Okay. Come on, listen. Overwhelming victory is ours. Look. This word is used once in the scripture, once. This word is only used once in the scripture and is used right here. And the word means overwhelming victory. It means super conquerors. It means that you vanquish, not just vanquish, but you vanquish beyond. You go beyond. We are more than conquerors. We go way beyond. We don't just win. We get all the booty. We get all the victory. Booty, that's a different word these days. <laughs> Can we run the tape back on that one? <laughs> I mean, in a, a scriptural sense, uh, spoils, wowzers, yeah. All the teenagers said, ha, 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 the pastor. That's some not-so-teenagers, too, anyway. Overwhelming victory is ours. Now, that word is hupernikeo, 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 hupernikeo. You're in the middle of something, guess what? Hupernikeo. You're going through a difficulty, hupernikeo. You're going through a trial, hupernikeo. Second is trying to get on your body, hupernikeo. You're going through a trial in your finances, hupernikeo. In all these things, we are hupernikeo every single one of those situations. Verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say created thing. There's not a created thing that can separate you from God. Well, pastor... You can separate you from God. You can walk away from Jesus. You could choose to reject him and walk away. Let me ask you one question. Are you a created thing? Are you a created thing? Well, the scripture says there's not a created thing that can separate you from God's love. So you know what that means? That means even you. Even you, Montreal Canadiens fans. Nothing can separate you from the love of your pastor. <laughs> Nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let me just show you a picture. Some people need pictures to figure it out. There's me, and there's the love of God. 
Now what's between me and the love of God? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. What Paul is describing there is everything he went through personally. He's not talking about what possibly may happen. Every one of those things happened to him. He had, they had a rock concert in his honor and stoned him to death. I mean, those people were good stoners. They knew what they were doing. They were professional stoners. If they were going to stone you, you were dead. But, you know, they gathered around him and they prayed. He came back to life and he left town and said, I'm never going back there. No, it says he came back to life and he went back in the city. <laughs> I don't understand that guy. But here's a guy who went through some stuff. I mean, there's you and there's God and there's all that stuff. Now, here's another one. Look what it says. There's me and there's the love of God. Could death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, no right? I mean, is there anything? There's me and there's the love of God. All this stuff. I mean, when you put it all together, it looks like this. It looks like there's a wall between me and God's love. Sometimes it feels like God's love is way over there and I'm over here and all the circumstances, all the things I'm going through, they're just blocking me up. I can't experience God. I need a therapist. Maybe you do. But you know what? I'll tell you something. Here's some really good news. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And you know what? The love of God is perfect, and perfect love drives out all fear. There's no fear in love, and that's why I can boldly stand before my Father absolutely free from all judgment, because as he is, so am I in this world. Totally. So let's, let's remove all of that, all right? Can you see that? Let me remove. Here's what's really going on. You see that? There's me, surrounded by the love of God, and nothing can ever change that. You know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he has made you right with him. It proves that he has brought you into his family. And it proves that his love for you is unfailing, unconditional, and powerful. And nothing can separate you from that. And you don't just get to be in the family. And he doesn't just bless you with life, eternal life. But he blesses you with abundant life. And he blesses you with life right now that touches every single need in your life. Everything that you may need. He's the source of every blessing. And he will lavish it upon you because he said, he who gave his own son for you, how much more will he meet every single need in your life and bless you with all other things? So I am surrounded with the love of God. And here you go. Look at this. God is for us. See, that's the for us. That's the for us of resurrection. I got one more verse. One more verse. And that's John eleven twenty five and 26. And this is when Jesus came back to Bethany and he came to the tomb of his good friend Lazarus. And you see, I love it when they said, could you send for Jesus and tell him, don't tell him, hey, we love you, please come. He, they said, the one that you love, Jesus, the one that you love, is in danger of dying, the one that you love. When you pray, you should say, hey, Jesus, the one you love needs some help right now. Don't say, Jesus, I love you. Could you help me? I'll just tell him the one you love needs a hand, and he's right there. He's right there. But he comes, and he shows up, and sadly, Lazarus had died, and he'd been in the tomb for four days, not even just three days, but four days. Four days means we're way past the three days. This is really tough. But he came to his wife or his sister, Martha, and Martha was like, if only you'd have been here, you know, you could have changed this. And he said, Martha, you don't have to wait for the end. He said, I am right now 
the resurrection of life. Because she said, I know in the last day everybody's going to be raised. I understand you taught us about the resurrection. But listen, he says, Martha, you don't have to wait till the end. I am right now resurrection and life. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And tell you, you don't got to wait till the future. He didn't save you. Now you got to wait for all the good stuff. All the good stuff is included right now. He is today. He didn't say, I will be the resurrection life. He didn't say, I was the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen.